Hey listeners, Hit the Books podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and more. Be sure to tune in each week at like, rate, and subscribe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 26 of Hit the Books, your weekly podcast here to deliver news and betting advice from around all of the leagues. This episode, we have MLB Spring Training coming up this week, March Madness right around the corner, and a full slate of news from our favorite leagues like the NHL and the NBA. On top of that, we are excited for yet another week of doing the show, and I think it's time to jump in and introduce my co-host first up of my three co-hosts, is Mackie. Mackie helping his team secure the ACC D2 championship over the weekend. Huge stuff there, dude. Welcome back to the show. What's happening, buddy? Yeah, I got some hardware this weekend. No big deal. Uh, you know, just back to doing what I love. Um, yeah, um, NHL card rolling, college ba- basketball card rolling. NBA just took a little bit of a break, so we haven't really, we haven't had plays uh, from there, in there for about a week, but um, these picks are really just getting going right now. Uh, college basketball is right around twenty, uh, up twenty units right now. Um, NHL, I think, is back in double digits. Is it not? Yeah, it's like ten, thirteen, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really rolling right now. Just keep following that. Other than that, not much going on. What's going on with you guys, Jesse? Back to you. Yeah, not much going on with me, Mackie. I appreciate it. Let's shoot it over to Huff here next. What's going on, buddy? Nice to see you for another week. Yo, what's going on? Happy to be back. Uh, like we said, another week closer to March Madness uh, as we wind down the month of February and uh, get the NBA back rolling tomorrow night. But like Mackie said, the NHL and NCAA basketball card have been rolling. Uh, and, and as NBA gets off a all-star break, looking to get that one up with the double, or double-digit units with the rest of them, I think that one's sitting around seven and a half or eight, too. Uh, so, yeah, not not much. Had a pretty on unreal week gambling honestly had hit hit a couple crazy parlays over the past couple uh, days um but it's been a great week anytime you have success on the books it's a good week so um but happy to be back sunday to sunday yeah love that can't beat that honestly finally it's finished it up with ace the bruins are still hot more on that what's going on buddy yeah, like you said, the Bruins are still the best team in the league. We've been saying it all year. Love to hear that. Love to hear everybody else saying it. So keep keep saying it whenever you want. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Mackey. I think uh, after securing that title on his resume, you can probably put him up there with, like, uh, above Carey Price and Henrik Lundqvist. They've never gotten one. They've so never he's, gotten one. Yeah, so, so he's got one now. You can put that on the resume. Way to be. Um, also love to hear it. Love to hear the uh, daily cards eating still. Like we said, post-Super Bowl, now we can lock in on those other sports. And we've been double digits uh, almost all year consistently on both the NHL and NCAA card. And like Huff said, we'll get that NBA one rolling too. So uh, the boys are buzzing right now. Definitely tap in. Uh, we got a lot more to come for you. Mackie, <laughs> Mackie bringing home the, the championship for Dub V. Is that, I mean, unarguably got to be one of the best goaltenders in West Virginia hockey history right there. 
Fifth year senior. First ring. Five year career, like five year career. You know, it's about time I got one. (laughs) Ring me, ring me. Hoff, have you heard the rumblings of the number to the rafters at the end of this year? Yeah, Mackie might be the last one to wear three two in a in a Mountaineer blue and gold uniform. (laughs) I heard we're paying for it. The last one to wear a single three would be a. Listen, long time listener <laughs> Collins. Definitely shout out to that guy real quick. But uh, he, without without him, Mackey wouldn't be raising that cup. I'll let you tell. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> shout out, shout out three. <laughs> Solid stuff there, boys. Great introduction there. It's time to jump in some of these sports that we like to talk about each and every week. Why don't we start with some college basketball news? The big news out of the college basketball world is that Alabama basketball Alabama basketball has itself back in the news. And it's not due to its continued success on the court this season. Their former basketball player and projected 2023 NBA lottery pick Brandon Mile, Jesus, Brandon Miller, I'm getting all these names mixed up, allegedly provided the gun used by also former Alabama basketball player Darius Miles in a January murder. Head coach Nate Oates said he had a stupid quote about the situation um, along the lines of, we knew about that. We can't control everything anyone does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble. In this case, wrong spot at the wrong time. The text between uh, Miles and Miller, I couldn't find them exactly, but it was along the lines of, hey, bring your gun, which is pretty. Or, uh, no. That's uh, a bit. It, it a seemed bit pretty to the point being... from what I was reading, but go ahead. Brandon, bit, Miller texted, Brandon Miller texted Darius Miles and said, the heat is in the hat, and there's something about they, and then he had some other, uh, there's one in the head or something like that, meaning there's one in the chamber. So These guys you know what was corny. going on. These guys are corny. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it was a little bit more than just a uh, wrong spot at the wrong time. It sounds like. Yeah, wrong uh, spot, wrong like, time. Like, come on, man. But, um, I mean, yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta win a national championship. So uh, you got to protect your best player and your lottery pick player. Yeah, this is a this is an ugly scene. I think for Alabama, Mackie, we were saying before this. I I I, I don't know. There, I think this kind of kills their season. Obviously, we're gonna see what happens because now the NCAA, yeah, NCAA is stepping in on uh, Miller. Obviously, he hasn't been charged with anything criminally with uh, what he has done or said if, through conversations with him and Darius Miles. But this is definitely an interesting situation that is unfolding. Obviously, more and more as like I said, the past two days, this has gotten more. Uh, throughout the news world and the sports news world, but I'm very interested to see what happens with this because obviously Alabama being the one seed, the top dog in college basketball right now, so um, I'm very interested to see what this does to the rest of their season pending his suspension, if he gets suspended, the whole thing like that. Ace, go ahead. Yeah, so the crazy thing is uh, obviously you don't expect to hear something like that um, but as more of a col- casual college basketball follower, really just telling your guys' picks, which is nice because you guys are on fire. Um, you don't really hear, you don't really think of Alabama as a basketball school. So when you see them having a great success like this, you know it's it's pretty crazy. But m- most of the followers out there, like myself, that aren't tapped in every day, make sure you're aware of this. I mean, they're going to go in as a high seed still um, because of their play throughout the year. Um, be wary of these lineups as they go in and seeing who's in and out. Not only with this situation, injuries and whatnot too. So. Um, just tough scene for Alabama fans uh, thinking they had something going this year, and then this happens. Yeah, this is gonna they've had enough success on the football field. They don't need they don't need a basketball championship. They've I agree. had enough success on the football field. Stick to football. 
Let the other schools have fun on the hardwood. They don't need – I hate that they're good at basketball now too. The last uh, time I think I heard of uh, Alabama basketball, weren't they the team that had a bunch of guys ejected and they played three on five and Colin Sexton was playing? Colin Sexton. Like I was going to say Colin, Colin Sexton. Sexton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's that's the craziest I heard. So hearing they have a great season and then getting it ruined by something like this, you hate to see that. So um, we'll see how it shakes out, but definitely be wary. That could be a, an upset waiting to happen come March Madness. Yeah, Mackie, what, what's, are they going to be a one seed in the tournament? I mean, if a lot can happen. If nothing changes, before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think they're three over third overall right now. That'll be interesting. Come down the stretch, we'll see uh, how those lines are looking come time when all this settles. Florida 2.0 right here. <laughs> yeah, the, but... I mean, I'm watching. There, there's a headline about this behind me, so obviously next week I think we'll have a lot more of a maybe a resolution on this one. But season continues to go on, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with he's going to keep playing. I haven't heard anything with that, but I mean, he's played the past ten games since Alabama has learned about this incident, and obviously the coach, president of the school, haven't really thought too much of it. But I mean, like I said, he hasn't been charged with anything criminally, so like I see why they're letting him. You know. Like, if you're going off by the books, hey, he didn't do anything criminally, you want to look at it that way. But, I don't know, this whole situation is, I can't wait to see where this goes because, like I said, I am i don't like that Alabama's good at basketball. They're very good at football, and I think they should just stick to that. But they have a very good team, and I think that with him, without him, they'll have a decent tournament run. But, obviously, having a top 10 lottery pick in the NBA on your roster in college basketball is a huge bonus in March Madness. But, um yeah, I'm interested to see how this unfolds. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to touch on. You were mentioning the draft there before we get off of our college basketball notes. And uh, obviously be aware of that 8x8 eight eight that we're looking to get going between the boys and uh, get you guys following along. Hopefully some of our followers can get some of their own going. Um, we'll have our brackets as well. That'll be coming in soon when we get those seeds and whatnot. Um, but one thing, I put a note down at the bottom. Did you guys see that? I saw something the other day. I don't, I don't know even know if it has any relevance, but Bronny James projected to go to the Magic in one of the latest mock drafts. And you remember when LeBron was in the bubble and he said, uh, if I ever go to the Orlando Magic, then I'm retiring from the NBA. I mean, that would be yeah, a funny situation. Yeah, why did he say that? He doesn't want to play for the Magic. Lemicki, come on. To live in Orlando. Yeah, no, I didn't. I wouldn't think it's that bad either, but I mean... That's I think the ma- I saw that I did see that and I saw the quote I saw someone make the the quote it was like Bronny in a magic jersey and then LeBron and then the quote underneath yeah, exactly. you, I, I was gonna say you probably saw the same thing and then I was thinking about that I'm like I the mag- I'm like looking thinking about the magic and like I've taken the mat we've taken the magic a couple times this year they're like a decent team but like there's a reason they're picking number one overall I don't know like LeBron's dying to go there but also yeah. I don't think he's like trying to build a championship team i think at that point i think he's just trying to hoop with his son and maybe make a playoff run and do it exactly what he's doing but he could still play at that level so i think brownie's or his stock definitely goes up because you're getting lebron james with with brownie technically and and we know the lebron james effect i mean he's going to get another free agent there someone else is going to go there that is younger than lebron that will probably take over the team with brawny when lebron retires you know what i mean reading up on that i saw some more though they were like the only reason they'd be taking Bronny James there, I mean, they're loaded at guard uh, with all those young picks they've had, early picks the last few years too, and Ben is looking like he's going to be a stud. But, um, yeah, they, they would only do this for a money perspective. So, obviously, whoever gets Bronny James, if they take him this year, isn't that a big-time reach anyways? 
Yeah. It's like a two for one. You're getting you're getting LeBron with him. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting a lot of money to your franchise uh, with all yeah. the publicity, jersey sales. Yeah, the publicity is crazy, man. Yep. You're on national TV two times a week if you have LeBron James, at least. I'd reach I'd reach for him if I'm a bomb of the barrel team. I mean, you know your yeah. team's going to get better. And you know a team you're going like to get a Ma- bunch of publicity. Yeah. yeah, a team like the Magic that hasn't seen the finals since 2011 with Dwight Howard when they played Kobe. I mean, that, there's teams that haven't had that much success in the past, you know, even 20 years in the NBA. I think they would, if you have a chance to even see the playoffs, like a lot of these teams, like uh, Atlanta Hawks, like I know they're a younger yeah, team that's had success, like – just like any of those teams, if you're in the top five, trade your best player to get in that top top pick. Like you're getting LeBron with them. Like a lot of teams would do that. I don't care how old LeBron is. I think a lot of teams would do that. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was something funny to bring up. So that'll be definitely interesting to see how that folds out. But we have a lot more college basketball uh, madness ahead of us coming this month. Uh, turns around. So definitely be on the lookout for that. How are they even? Board. How are they even doing a mock draft of the next draft? Yeah, I don't really know. I guess yeah. it's a really early mock draft. He that's, hasn't even committed to the publicity that going? Bronny James. That would be if he went right from high school. <laughs> he hasn't even committed to a college, and people are already like, he's going number one overall to the Orlando Magic in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly wild. Well, he right. doesn't. Does he have to go to college, or is he. No, he's not going to do the overseas. You can go G thing League. Like yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not going to. He's not doing G League. He's going to he's he gonna do, do what, G League. Yeah, I could see it too. He would not go overseas. He'd either do G League or no, go no, to college. No. Yeah, he'd go He's to, probably a gone to college. Program or... I could see him go I feel to like he could only that. hurt his stock in college, though. You're not I wrong. I just think he's going to go to Ohio, Ohio State. I could mm, see that. That'll yeah, be interesting true. to see, though. If LeBron's still a Laker, I could see him go to UCLA. No, I don't think he stays in LA. I do not think he stays in LA. He was offered USC, too. Very good. I think, yeah. I don't. I I see Ace's point though. Him going to college really could just. I mean, him winning a national championship. That like, yeah, that solidifies it. That's something that his dad never did. That he could have a chance to do, which would be cool. But other than that, like, if he's a first, second round exit, we're talking about Bronny James is like, unless he's light years ahead of everyone, it's gonna be like Ace said. Like, is the team really gonna reach for him just to get his dad too? Hmm. An older, yeah. Too. But I think I mean that's that's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, and that's not even this March Madness. That's next March Madness. So we'll get into that as we get uh, a- maybe after he commits to school, we'll talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James, Wait, I did. Media uh, can't stay away from. It literally can't, including us. It's the goat. One of them. All right, let's wrap up our college basketball talk. There, selection Sunday, just three weeks away, but we'll have more here on that in the coming weeks. Let's jump over some NFL real quick here. Eric the Enemy has agreed to become... The, the Enemy. <laughs> the Enemy <laughs> has agreed to become the next offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, leaving behind Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs after winning two Super Bowls as their offensive coordinator. Big move there. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in the chat. What do you guys think on this? Huff, you want to get us going on here? Yeah, we were when I saw this, I was a little bit surprised. And uh, after kind of taking in what ESPN, a lot of the big head ESPN analysts had to say about this, and everyone saying, you know, he hasn't been had the fair chance to be a NFL head coach. I feel like the past five years, all we've heard about is him have chances to be a head coach. But um, whether it's legitimate or if it's part of the Rooney Rule, they're just interviewing him because he's an African American head or coach and or prospect, I guess you'd say, or 
Um, but him going to Washington, I think this is definitely an interesting uh, kind of situation because under Rivera, defensive head coach, the enemy is going to be able to go there with not really many much to work with. Obviously, you have guys like Terry McLaurin and uh, Brian Robinson at running back. They have other skilled players like Jahan Dotson. And it seems like they're kind of they, – I think they named Sam Howell their starter going into next year, which obviously he had decent success beating uh, Mackey's Cowboys towards the end of the season last year. He's shown that he could have success in the NFL, whether it's you know long term, long term, or if that was just you know here a game here and a game there. But I think with the enemy going there, it gives him the opportunity to build this team the way he wants it to, and he's truly the one calling the plays because uh, the I feel like a lot of the backs the slander he got in Kansas City was because Andy Reid. Uh, a lot of people thought Andy Reid was the one calling the plays, and you heard Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl saying. Big Red just calls him up at the right time. Just it's almost like, and I've heard different situations where Bienemy isn't necessarily known as a player's coach. So I don't know if he just had some bad blood with the Chiefs. Obviously, winning two Super Bowls with them, I don't think you can have too much uh, hate for a team. But I think this is an interesting uh, matchup. We're going to see uh, one of the better offensive coordinators with an offense that Ness isn't really known for putting up points. Uh, so we'll see how he can build this thing up. But Ace, I don't know what you had to think about this. Obviously, the Chiefs. Mahomes losing his offensive coordinator that he's had throughout his whole career. Um, do you think – I mean, he's the baby goat, but do we see any kind of step back? And obviously we don't know who their offensive coordinator is going to be in Kansas City, but uh, what do you think about this? Yeah, obviously um, some people would expect to see some regression when you lose your 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 coordinator that you've been working with for your whole career. But, uh, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's a superhuman, so I, I don't really think that'll be an issue. I think, if anything, it'll open up some a new door for some new plays to be added to that playbook. And I really think the impact that Andy Reid has on the team and that offense as a whole is uh, is really the big deal there. So I think I think they won't miss a beat. I mean, obviously, great move by the commanders to acquire him, especially as a coordinator, too, um, so he can do what he does best. But uh, I, think, I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs will be fine. I don't think you'll see any uh, poor effects from that. I think if, I mean, their offense, obviously their offense is great, but I think it could be light years better than it was this year, which is crazy to say since they just won the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I'm eager to see what the Chiefs go into their, with, with their new direction, if they hire someone or if they hire within or whatnot. So it's pretty interesting. They might have named someone, Mackie, while you give your opinions on this, I'm going to look up and see if the Chiefs have named an OC. Yeah, I just think if you, I mean, whoever you throw in an offensive coordinator in Kansas City, I mean, you still have Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey there, so you're going to be fine. Um, they're still going to put up their points. But um, I think this is good for Biennemi because, I mean, like you said, everyone's looking at Andy Reid calling the, calling the plays, and you're going to Ron Rivera, who's a defensive coach. You have all control of that offense. So everything that happens in that offense is falls back on your shoulders. So we're really going to see what kind of coach he actually is, see if he – can really handle an offense that has that doesn't that doesn't have Pat Mahomes controlling that controlling that offense. So it's going to be a little harder for him. Uh, we're going to see what he can do, and uh, I think it's a good move for him. See what puts him in a good spot. So the Chiefs are expected to promote senior assistant and quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy, former head coach with the Bears, to offensive coordinator through the Chiefs. Uh, will need to satisfy the Rooney role and interview an external minority coaching candidate for the offensive coordinator gig. So they'll still need to hold, you know, the whole court of the interview process, but they're believed to promote uh, Matt Nagy. Yeah, you're just throwing somebody in there to have that position. I mean, um, Andy Reid is really making those final calls. 
Good stuff there, guys. Interesting to see what's going to happen there with the Commanders picking up a new offensive coordinator. Chiefs also looking at a new one as well there. Good stuff. Next up, the Titans releasing some big names. Three-time Pro Bowler, left tackle Taylor Luan, wide receiver Robert Woods, and kicker Randy Bullock. Lots, three bigger names there for the Titans. Where do we think they're going to end up? What do we think is going to happen? What do we got? Mackie, what do you think? Anything special? They're just clearing house right now. Um, total rebuild mode, it looks like. I don't know what they're going to do. Robert Woods is a free agent. I don't know. It'll be nice to see where he goes. Um, Taylor Luan, I didn't see this coming. Hoff, did you see this coming? I, I mean... Yeah, he's been he's talking about it for beat. the past... He's been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, months, on the whether his, it was his social media or the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, but he's been kind of hinting at it just to try to get in front of it. He said to Big Cat and PFT, I think in an interview last week, he kind of, he goes, well, no, I'll be testing the free agent market. And Big Cat goes, oh, you think you're getting cut? He goes, no, I know I'm getting cut. So he's, <laughs> been kind of put, he's been kind of putting this out there that he was getting ready for it. So when the news came, he was already, oh, yeah, I knew this was coming. You know what I mean? But um, I did, I, I kind of was right there. Obviously, when he's the one saying it, I'm going to believe it. Uh, when he kept saying the new general manager in Tennessee and now you see all these uh, moves that they're making to rebuild their roster, and he wants to get this new general manager wants to get a team that he's built in there. And um, we have guys like, like you said, Robert Woods, who was on the Rams, and he's had success. He had a kind of a weird season with the Titans, and we saw his reaction after he was released this morning, saying, "I'm free." So obviously, some bad blood between Woods and the Titans, but Lewan been a, a left tackle, you know, drafted in the first round by them, and been there for the past nine years. Definitely. One of the, I'd say one of the most like dominant Titans players, him, Derrick Henry, over the past, you know, my lifetime, really. Like, not too many Titans players. When you think of Titans players, I mean, you don't think offensive lineman, defensive lineman, but you think Chris Hen- Chris Johnson, Derrick Henry, and like guys like that that have been there forever. And I think Luan still has a couple years under him. I'd love to see him in the black and gold. I said that a couple of weeks ago on the pod. And um, I just think what he has going for him off the field, I think if he's not offered a, a pretty big bag. I could see him walking away and podcasting full time and doing the barstool gig full time. But um, a lot of people don't seem to think he's worth the money that I think he is. I texted my cousin. I go, "Would you?" I said, "Could you see the situation where the Steelers would offer Luan a one-year, twelve-point-five million-dollar deal?" And he goes, "I don't think he's worth anywhere near that money." I'm like, "He's still. A, I mean, it's the resume. You in the NFL, you pay for your resume." And I know he's had two ACL tears in the past three years. And, is your best ability is availability, but I think my take with this was, at least in my situation with the Steelers, I think he would be a great addition with a young offensive line that we have, a young quarterback, a young offense. He can come in and be a veteran leader and know that the Steelers are drafting your replacement in the next two, three years, or even year, but you know, you're know you here for the next year and a half or two years, even year, just a guy that the rest of the offensive line can look up to and learn around and say, okay, this guy's been to the Pro Bowl. He's been to the, you know, deep in the playoffs. He's been a, the best left tackle in the NFL. But um, I just think it would be a great move for the Steelers. But like I said, I also could see him retire and step away from the game. But um, I was always a fan of his. And then he's just a super likable dude. I just, the other than that, I could see. I hope I wish him, obviously, to come to the Steelers. But anywhere he goes or retires, I'm, Definitely going to be still a fan of him. Yeah, Hoff, I mean, I don't think he's as big of a name as you make him out to be a cool guy, but uh, I wouldn't be giving him $12.5 million a year, I'll tell you that. 
It's left tackle money, dude. That's what they get. Yeah, but you can find there's better options on the market for that price, I'd say. But those injuries, <laughs> the injury pass, that's so tough. As it's an already, eye too. He's already got like a, his name out in social media. You might as well just go to the podcast game. It's where, I mean, it's going to work out for him. I bet he, I, I mean, I wonder, it's obviously, that's such a hard business to put a number on, like what someone makes, but him and Com- him and Will Compton, they have to be killing it. Obviously, Barstool, they, it's a Barstool podcast, but they have their own whiskey now with, they're kind of doing, they spin off of the Pink Whitney with uh, Whistle Pig Whiskey, they're, they've been killing it, and because if he plays for another team, he's going to have to leave Nashville, their podcast is based out of Nashville, the bus is parked in a warehouse in Nashville because Will Compton lives there, Taylor Lewan obviously has talked about how he's wanted to be a Titan for his whole career, so... I, I could see a situation where he steps away and retires a Titan. Good good situation for the Tennessee Titans, though. I think it's smart to go through a rebuild there and get rid of the aging pieces that are worth a lot of money. Yeah, They're not making a run anytime soon, especially with the emergence of Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, um, yeah, those Jaguars and Colts are pretty feisty. So. And they're, they're trying to do kind of the opposite of what – I mean, the Texans did this a couple of years ago, unloading DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Deshaun – obviously the Deshaun Watson thing wasn't really planned, but – Kind of unloading all those pieces, and now they have all the the draft capital and uh, the money saved up, and obviously it's looking like it could work out with all the picks that Houston has coming up, and not too bad of a team. But like you said, I think it's a smart move on Tennessee to to hit the rebuild button. Solid stuff there. One more uh, big name here, Derek Carr. We talked about getting released last week. Now a free agent. Where do we think he's going to end up? Uh, where does he have his eyes set? What do we got? What do you guys think? Do you see the Jets told him he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot of news with him going to the Jets, but I think the Saints is an option too. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, but I I think the Jets would be the greatest fit for him. He's a, he has weapons, brings some veteran experience, and uh, they've had problems at quarterback, and he shows he still had it in the Pro Bowl. But um, as a Patriots fan, I would love to see him go to the Jets. You just want to play him twice a year. Yeah, I, but he's I'm, honestly not that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not like the easiest quarterback to play twice a year, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I yeah. I think I think the best fit for any free agent quarterback in this offseason is pick a team in the NFC South and just go there and hope no one else goes there because <laughs> the division is wide open. If you go to a Saints team. That's what that Tom defense, Brady did. And it worked. He won a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made the playoffs every year, even with a losing record. Yeah. It's like, I, if I'm a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, I mean, Lamar with this contract situation. Hey, Atlanta, uh, I know you don't have that great of a team, but we could win this division with just me. That's all you need. You know, like, give me a bunch of scrubs and I can win this division. Now, when we get to the playoffs, that's when we might win a, you know, not win a game. We're going to be there. We might not win a game, but that's where you got to kind of get the pieces and pick the best roster that you think has the best chance, obviously. Carolina had a nice season last year, just couldn't really get consistency at the quarterback position. But I think Carolina is a sleeper team for a lot of these quarterbacks. Yes, a lot of big names here up for grabs here in the free agency of the NFL. So lots more to look forward to as the weeks come here in the offseason. We'll see what happens. All right, let's jump over to the NBA First point I got here is that Sunday's NBA All-Star Game had its lowest rating of 4.59 million viewers. Ratings declined 29%, um, and overall viewership of the game decreased 27% from last year. 
So no good reviews there for the All-Star game of the NBA. Same with the NHL, both leagues in shambles on that portion, I think. But what do you guys think? Anything on that? Yeah, even the players were saying like, that's not even basketball. I, no, nobody likes the NBA All-Star game. Nobody tries. Uh, it just turns into just like trying moves that you can do. It's literally all it is. Um, nobody really enjoys it, so we'll see what they do with that. Next up, after finalizing a contract buyout with the Jazz, nine-time All-Star guard Russell Westbrook plans to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers, his agent announced this week. What do you think? I like this situation for, for Russ. I think him going there with Kawhi, Paul George, a healthy Clippers team, I think this is a team that could really have a run this year in the playoffs with a a West market that's kind of gotten shaken up over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, we know what Phoenix did, and uh, I think the Clippers are still right there, and obviously a team that, if Kawhi's available, you know, they're a top team in the NBA. I think they have the bench and the the depth players to play with anyone, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see how Russ fits in here. Ace, go ahead. Yeah, I, I honestly think that this is a great move by Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, he's got a little bit of fire under him to beat his – former team and he joins the better Los Angeles team at the current um I thought they I mentioned this last week I think they're kind of a dark horse really in that Western Conference a lot of new hype over there and I mean they have the names that have gone far and done it before they have Kawhi Leonard they have Paul George um they have a plethora of guys behind them I mean Zubac and where's uh, Paul George going <laughs> huh I don't, I don't even think Paul George made, made it to the second round yeah uh, I mean he, when did he lose the Dame when Dame did the Waved that was first right round. Over. Bubble PG. Paul George is a hooper, bro, but he he, he yeah can't, no no. He, but Kawhi, he's well, not no, a winner. I, I was saying more of Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, I mean he did. Yeah, yeah dude, Kawhi. that's all. Kawhi. That's all you need. That's all you yeah. need is Kawhi. I mean he's your leader, you have, anyways. You have Kawhi, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, a lot of talent. Vika Zubac, and I think he's pretty good. Um, they have some depth around them. That's a sleeper team. I mean, that definitely can still probably get some decent odds on that. That would be something to look at for a long shot. I mean, that's a, that's a good big three. If Russ is on his game with those two around him, who knows? I don't even think I it's that big of a long shot. I think they have a serious I, chance. No, I, yeah, I don't but think no, they're this, probably like the eighth favorite. I don't think this changes their title chances. I don't. I don't think this is a big three whatsoever. I think Russ needs to come here and play a role. Um, just kind of. Dude, he's not like he's not off who he the used bench. To be. That's he's, a great option off the exactly, bench. Exactly, but he, he it's not a big three. I mean, it's a it's yeah. It's I, I didn't mean a nice like a big three. Like, it's the name. It's like the name. That. No, but like people yeah. are saying that. Like people are saying like this new big three in LA. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, no. But if he can come off the bench with that second, if you can have Russell Westbrook playing good basketball off the bench, that's probably the sixth man of the year. You know, in my opinion. But like also, Mackie, another way to look at this is like. Kawhi, I know we're getting down to the, you know, the grind of the NBA season coming down to the playoffs, like coming out of all-star break, but like Kawhi isn't always the most available player. So when Paul George is out there by himself, now you have Russell Westbrook, you can hit, put him in your starting lineup when Kawhi doesn't play, go uh, Westbrook at the one, uh, PG at the two, and they have depth everywhere else. But I don't know. I think, I think this is a good move for them, but I started, I was kind of down on him with the Lakers, and then he started to play a better role, and then they shipped him out as soon as he kind of had somewhat of a stock, and they got their return for him. But Lakers got D'Angelo Russell. I like that move for them. I don't know if we talked about that. But, um, yeah, we did last week. They did. They had some good deadline moves as well. But one more piece on that Clippers team. I mean, 
it takes a lot of pressure off of Kawhi and PG, even when they are in Huff. That was a good point about his availability. But when we think about the Clippers team, what's their strength is defense. So they keep teams low. If you can get a few extra buckets from Russell Westbrook every night, I mean, that could be the difference between winning and losing. I mean, I think this team can go far. They, they went, what, to the second round last year? Maybe. Westbrook's a defensive liability, and they lost to the Mavericks last yeah, year. Yeah, no, but the the, Clipper, the Clippers as a whole, their team is defensive uh, powerhouse. So if you can add someone that can get buckets now, I mean, that's where they struggled in the past was their depth off the bench and scoring, I would say. Yeah, we'll see what you can do. I, I, I don't think this changes the Clippers team's chances. I think the, they're definitely they're, they're, they were a sleeper before, and they're still a sleeper. Hmm, Mackie's staying asleep. Who do you like more, uh? No, I like Luka. I like the Clippers. I think they've been a sleeper team. I think they've been one of the more valuable teams to make a run at this championship just because you have Kawhi and he can do whatever he wants. But I don't think this this addition changes anything whatsoever. Mm, that makes sense. Who do you like uh, further down the stretch run, that Kyrie and Luka duo or this uh, Clippers team? I'd go Kyrie and Luka just because we saw it last year without Kyrie and, they, and Luka still beat them. So you add Kyrie to that. That'd be interesting. That'd, I think I a, think that that'd be a good it, series. It, it literally happened last year. They beat like no, Luca tore them yeah. apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. Luca. That was the, the game when Luca hit that crazy buzzer beater. That was so sick. Dude, I, I think they beat him by like game. forty in Game Seven. Yeah, I just remember the Luca buzzer beater. That's the only game I remember. Yeah, I I, just, I don't know. Maybe maybe they do something a little different this year. Kawhi's playing a little more than he that he is this year than he did last year. Um. I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, definitely runs through Phoenix, though. So. Got to get by KD. Good stuff there. A couple injuries in the NBA or from around the league. First up is the Bulls rollout guard Lonzo Ball for the remainder of the season with a knee injury. So big loss there for the Bulls. And next up is Giannis out for the Bucks with an injury with his right wrist. Uh, he will play once pain subsides. Not sure when that will be. I don't think it'll be too, too long, but no timeline that I saw. Any any thoughts on that? Lonzo's that's, that's just, it. I was going to say, that's his, the NBA. Lonzo, his season. Go ahead. No, I, I just think Lonzo's career is coming to uh, a, a really big... Uh, I wouldn't even... I don't even know what to call it. Just like a complete... An abrupt halt? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He just a can't clip. stay healthy. It's it's this knee. It's his knee problem. And I don't know what are you gonna do about that. You can't really play basketball if you don't have knees. <laughs> They're definitely the yeah. most important I thing. Can't in argue body. with that. Yeah. Can't argue with that, Mac. You're right. But yeah, Giannis will be back for the playoffs. Nothing to worry about, Giannis. I mean, it's just something to say. Alrighty, next up is two-time NBA champion Kevin Love is joining the Miami Heat after being waived by the Cavs this past week. Can Miami make a run in the playoffs or in, the, in this year's NBA playoffs with uh, with an ad like this? I love Kevin Love. I I, I was biased. I, I'm the one that threw this in there. I like him as a Timberwolf, as a Cav. I've kind of followed him. He's always been a player that I rooted for. I like this addition for the Heat. If another. Just bench player, throw him in at, you know, certain times you need a defensive stop or, a, you know, a big shot, couple points, a rebound. Kevin Love's always been able to do it all. I mean, he hasn't really played much this season, but I don't know. I, I like this addition for the Heat. 
Yeah, it's a nice little defensive piece, but I just think I think the Cavs are better. So I don't know why you're, you're going for them. I agree. I they are better. It's just a little weird to me. Yeah, I um, I think it was a it was a contract money thing, but I, I obviously any team. I've, like I said, I like him as a player, but I think him in Miami. I think this would be a good new look for him. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, great stuff there out of the NBA boys. Lots to look forward to here as the playoffs are approaching in the next few months. But let's jump over to our next league, the NHL. The first point I have here is out of the ACHA, actually, the NC State Ice Pack dominated the UNC Tar Heels with a 7-3 win in the first ever frozen Finley game at Carter-Finley Stadium on Monday, February 20th. Over 24,000 fans packed the lower and upper decks of Carter-Finley Stadium to experience a -a once-in-a-lifetime outdoor hockey rivalry showdown, smashing the all-time ACHA attendance record. Attendance for the game was higher than the attendance for last or this year's Frozen Fenway games, which featured two NCAA D1 games combined. So very, very big news there for the ACHA. Lots of good stuff. 24,000 fans in that stadium. That's honestly insane. What do you guys think? We said it. Carolina people just love hockey, and this is a prime example of it. A club hockey game. Three club hockey players in this podcast. Mackie Ace, could you imagine playing in an outdoor game for 24,000 people? At WVU, WVU North Carolina, like I played this team this year, and they and they just sat in front of twenty four. They just played in front of twenty four thousand people. Um, it's cool. I mean, ACHA hockey has come so long, even from like three years ago. I was talking, I was talking to Addison about this a little earlier. Um, dude, like ACHA hockey is like real hockey now. Like it's got the level of hockey has gotten ten times better. Everyone's getting more engaged. More people know about it. Um, people coming right out of high school. Like when I keep when I. First came out of high school, I didn't even know what ACHA was. And then I came here to started playing club hockey and obviously it's uh become like a huge part of what I of, of my uh college career, but it's just becoming so big now and everyone knows about it. They're just drawing so many crowds, like especially in Carolina. That's sick, dude. Twenty four thousand fans. I mean these kids are literally just getting drunk four days out of the week and then they're going to play in front in front of twenty four thousand people. I mean, that's so sick. Hmm. <laughs> Those are good teams. Yeah. I mean, they've they've their their history has shown. I mean, NC State's really been putting on a show in the Acha for years now. I think I saw something Not this like year, though. six titles though, or something like that in the ACC themselves. So they've been building that program well, and I think they've been advertising this. I I, I remember rumblings of this when we were back in when I was still playing there, and uh, it it finally came true. So that was nice to see. But I think I saw something on Twitter today. There was someone from the Maine Black Bears, uh, you Maine. NCAA D1 team that transferred onto the UNC team. NC State? NC yeah, State play, or UNC? No, on UNC. UNC. I played against him earlier in the season, yeah. How good was he? he, was the NCAA I mean, he was D1 good. He was, defen- he was a defenseman. He was like, uh, I mean, he, he had the skill and everything. Definitely seemed a little washed. I don't think he uh, got a lot of PT up there at uh, Maine playing D1 hockey, but... I mean, kid was good at hockey, dude. There's a few kids that do that now. Like these kids are good at hockey. These kids played some really good hockey. It's like not like. Yeah, it's great know. to see. I mean, as as the game continues to grow, we know there's a lot of room for the college hockey to grow, and some of these bigger name schools will be starting to get more uh, NCAA teams out of the Archer realm. So it's it's great to see it coming a long way. Great to see the turnout for that event for sure. Yeah, yeah and like you teams- both said, I don't think it would be crazy to start seeing. I know it's a big step, but whether it's more just the draft pick or the signing, I could see 
ACHA in the next five to ten years have a couple more guys in the in the big show in the league. Especially D one, like dude, th- those teams like UNLV, they play D one programs. They played LIU, Division one, like they're they're right there. If you're if you're playing for some of those teams, you're you're like you definitely have a shot at playing professional, like really good professional hockey after your career or after your college career. There's already been like there's already been three ACHA players in the NHL and one won the cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that is cool. It's insane. I was gonna say I think there's more than enough room for you know ACHA and NCAA like Division One type stuff in the world. There's more than enough people that want to watch it. There's more than enough players that want to play it. I there's, think they can get two a- solid leagues there. There's probably a hundred times more teams in the ACHA than there is NCAA D1 yeah. or D3 They're, combined. Yeah. So that's another thing. I don't know. It works. I like it. These two teams play like five times a year, and then they get they play each other on Friday in regionals too. <laughs> it's crazy. Jeez. How do you get drawn drawn against each other in regionals after playing each other? I mean, they just played Monday. Now they're playing again on Friday. That is wild. Alrighty, let, this is sick. Let's move into some news for the NHL. Some trades that we have coming up here. Maple Leafs acquire forward Ryan O'Reilly and no- Noel uh, Noel Asiari in a three-team deal with the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild, as well as the Maple Leafs. There, Blues gave up uh, looks like two players and three picks. Or sorry, the the Blues got two players, three picks. The Wilds got a pick here in 2025. Lots of moving around there in that three-team deal. Um, lots of good stuff there. O'Reilly had his first career hat trick as a member of the Leafs on Tuesday night against the Sabers. Could this addition help the Leafs? What do you guys think? I think that's a great move by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, a team that can't really get over the hump in the playoffs when it's when it's go time. Really, the season flips there. It's a whole different game. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly led his team to a Stanley Cup victory over my Boston Bruins in a hard-fought seven-game series. So he has the championship pedigree to come in. Kind of like, I mean, Tavares didn't have winning under his belt, but veteran experience too. Depth at a at a price. We saw the price they paid, but I think it's well worth it. They think that they have a run at the cup this year, especially after a great season they put together. And then I, I think I put a note in there for you guys. I, I was unsure if you saw it or not. That line combined for 13 points the other night. I mean, he's playing with Mitch Marner and John Tavares. That's insane. As your second line in Toronto, so... Um, and they got Noel Chari too. I mean, it's another depth piece grinder on the fourth line. He's been through those playoffs. We lost to Ryan O'Reilly in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, Rhode Island guy too. Pretty cool. Shout out Rhode Island. But um, great, great move on the Toronto Maple Leafs' part, in my opinion. I agree. And the the depth that they have now in the middle of the ice with, like you said, the their first and second lines are just so gross. And they don't have the greatest uh, blue line in the in the NHL or in let alone in the East. But I think the scoring that they're uh, they're capable of doing on any given night, Matthews, Marner, Riley, Tavares. I heard uh, they were talking about sliding Tavares over to a, to the wing and moving O'Reilly up to the second line center. Um, that'd be obviously a, another scary line, like you said, a very veteran line that's been there, done that. Um, I think it's a good move for the Leafs. So um, I'm interested to see what they can do. Obviously, Austin Matthews having the year that he's having. Um, like you said, it's always come down to them in the playoffs and what they're capable of doing and if they can get out of the first round. But um, if I'm if I'm like a, a Tampa Bay or a team like that that's going to see Toronto in the playoffs, um, this move does scare me. I still don't think that's enough to get them past the, um, I mean, the second round. I think they do get past the first round for the first time this year. I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are 
I mean, they have championship pedigree and all that, but they're a weaker team than they have been in years past. I thought last year they were going to fall off a bit, but I think this year they fall off a bit more, losing some guys like Palat and um, the whole rest of them. I mean, Gord. There's a lot of other guys out there that they've lost, especially along that blue line too. Just their depth is going down. There's so many, so many scoring pieces on the Maple Leafs. I think it's going to be a great series. Again, Toronto, Tampa Bay, we get that every year, it seems like. But uh, I do think that they have enough to get past, but still the goaltending issues scare me. Good stuff there, boys. What about some of these other players that are uh, possibly up for grabs here at the end of this season before the trade deadline? Patrick Kane, Timo Meyer, uh, Jacob Chekarin, Matt Duchesne. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, those are those are some big names on the market, and we've been seeing them get scratched. I know the Yotes scratched Chichin for the last few weeks. A lot of rumors of him going around. Um, my Bruins were involved with him. Patrick Kane, I mean, that we've been beating that drum for over a year now, and there's still no move made. I saw he wants to go to the Rangers now, especially after seeing Tarasenko get freed. Um, but I, I don't know. That's a heavy price to pay for Kaner, but it would be interesting to see where he would go. That would be an immediate impact, especially for this season and somebody's playoff hopes. But Duchesne, another guy that's been on a lot of teams that have gone the distance, I don't think he's gotten a cup yet. I think he led his Nashville Predators to the Stanley Cup and lost um, a few years back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was there, him and James Neal. Was it to the Penguins? Yeah, him and James Neal lost to the Pens. Yeah, so Duchesne, I mean, that's another another great guy you can add, veteran leadership and scoring at, at depth. So I have a feeling a lot of these guys will be on the move, and we'll see where. Timo Meyer, he's one of the younger guys star on the market but we know the sharks are sellers all the time so i saw rumors of him going to carolina that would be that would be pretty nuts but we know it's going to be one of these contenders that's going after these pieces it's just who's willing up to give up those uh valid assets you know i saw also shakeups of patrick kane to the dallas stars because the west is kind of a wide open conference this year and the west or the east is going to be such a battle i could see him want to go to a western conference team i think i dallas saw edmonton stars- I would. I just can't imagine him wanting to live in Edmonton, but obviously, yeah, I know McDavid. Yeah, I think Timo Meyer definitely gets dealt. It matters where he. Uh, looking at New Jersey, New Jersey needs to do something if they want to beat the Rangers in that first round. It's looking like is he from Jersey? Play. Why is he keep getting tied to Jersey so much? He's not even no, American, I, is he? No, he's not. He's the, he's from he's from like um, Germany, Europe. maybe. No, I think he's from. He's definitely European. Um, I don't know. That was his first spot, and that's. That's who needs to make a move, and this is one of the biggest free agents. So, um, I mean, that Devils team, I, I am not scared to play them in the first round at all. I'm not either. So, I don't know. they got to do something. I think that they should definitely go after him at least. Um, I don't know. Patty Kane, I can see him not getting dealt. There's just so much going on around him. I don't know. They're not going to find anything. It'd be such a letdown if he doesn't get dealt. I It's going to happen. I mean, this is how it goes. I'm telling you, I think he, I think he's going to the Rangers. They'd have to be giving up. They have, they definitely have pieces to give it up. But I mean, I think they're big. This is the year to do it. No, we have I to think like send splashes with Tarasenko. We have to like send a guy down and and then like clear another guy, and then we have the space for it. I just, yeah, Mackie, that's it's what the really Bruins weird. have too. You have to jump through hoops to get to get yeah, the guys you want. So it's gonna exactly. be depth. I mean, that's why I'm surprised they already got that Tarasenko deal done. I don't think they're gonna do anything else too big. Maybe they acquire some. Some bottom six guys. But um, the Bruins, same thing. I don't think... People said Chitrin for us. I mean, I don't think a lot of these big names are getting moved I, to I keep the seeing Chitrin to the... I keep seeing Chitrin to the Kings. Oh, the Kings? Yeah, I saw that too, actually. I saw that too. 
I mean, the Kings are in win-down mood. They have a lot of assets, actually. A lot of young guys on that team after a few years of uh, terrible play. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm hoping within the next week or two, as the trade deadline comes about, we have some more news to report upon for the pod. So that'll definitely impact all these races coming down the wire. Lots of news coming down to the trade deadline here just nine days away. So we'll keep an eye on that here next week on our podcast. I assume lots of news here in the coming days of the of the deadline. Let's jump into some standings here uh, some and go over some of these teams here in the NHL, the Eastern Conference, and that Atlantic Division. The Bruins still taking the top there with 91 points, followed by Toronto with 78, Tampa Bay with 75, and, Flor- and the Panthers behind them with 64. Panthers have, excuse me, the Bruins have a commanding lead there in the Atlantic Division. Ace, what do we think? Yeah, I think uh, they were the tying the record for the fastest team, ninety points in a season with the seventy nine eighty Flyers. So that's pretty cool to see. All these accolades are great, but uh, I'm just happy they're continuing their success and they don't hit a little slump. I want them to keep streaking going into the playoffs and playing some good hockey. I mean, healthy too, so that's great. Uh, wondering if Sweeney will shake something up at the deadline. He always loves to do that, but like I was saying earlier, it's tough to find that cap and wiggle around with such a tight lineup for the Bruins. Um, but the the craziest thing is the tandem of goaltenders that are doing so well. Some weird trade rumors I heard that someone was like, we should move one of our goalies. It's like, no, they're going to be mainstays for years to come. But the Bruins are playing great hockey. Um, Pasternak up to forty goal, over 40 goals in the season. I think he's going to beat McDavid in goals for the season personally, but that's a little biased take. But, I mean, it's definitely a good chance. Um, but didn't you bet that? Yeah, I bet that a while ago, uh, yeah. him to him to win that race. But th- there's a good chance he does. I think he's one back of McDavid right now. And, you know, uh, McJesus is giving out those apples all the time. But if he keeps getting those uh, flip-ups over the net like he did last night, I mean, no, Mackie and I cashed on that that Oilers minus one and a half. What a, what a crazy goal by McJesus, huh, to, to catch that puck line. Just flips he- it up and it finds its way to make it in the net. I was like, only him. I didn't even know he shot it. And then once it went, once it went in, I was like, of course. I mean, yeah, so things like that are crazy. But I do think Posty's more of a shooter than McDavid, so I think he can get the job done. But other than that, um, obviously the Bruins are going to go on to win the Atlantic, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but the Leafs, like we were touching on before, that's the team I'd be afraid of. Um, I don't know about you guys. Who's a threat to these Bruins and the rest of the Eastern Conference come playoff time from the Atlantic? It's going to be tough. I'd say the Leafs. Yeah, probably the Leafs. you got to worry about Vasilevsky. you got to right. worry about Vasilevsky. Always, right? Um I don't know. I don't think your biggest contender is coming out of the Atlantic. I think uh, you have to worry about more, worry more about the Canes and maybe the Rangers. I don't know. Rangers have fallen off a little recently. They're on a two-game slide right now. But, um, dude, I mean, you really don't have to worry about anyone right now. If you play your game, we saw you guys slide three games before the All-Star game or All-Star break. We, maybe, I thought maybe they uh, they can come back down to earth a little and you just picked it right back up right after the All-Star break like you didn't skip a beat. So, uh I don't know. This team, they're only, I think their only, um, they're only, they're only competition is really just beating themselves. Yeah, and, um, and the injury bug. We saw Jake DeBrusque finally come back to the lineup after the Winter Classic, and he's injected some life into the power play. I think it was 0 for 17 on that skid I heard, and he came back, scored his first game back, scored again last night. So great to see him continue his success, and that just helps the depth of the Bruins so much. Uh, pushes everybody down a peg, gets Hall in our third line. So. I mean, that's craziness, but the Atlantic division's tight, and uh, we know that the Bruins, Leafs, and Bolts will be there. It's just a question of whether the Panthers and Sabres can get into that wildcard race 
But I think as we shift over to the Metro here, um, I think some of those teams are going to be rounding out the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, good stuff there out of the Atlantic Division. I wanted to add, I think right now is the best time for some of these teams to be taking a skid, like you said, Mackie, with the Rangers on a two-game skid there, because after this de- trade deadline, it's then now you know time to hit it. So if any, if, it's, if there's a time to take a hit, I think now's the time. So let's move over. Granted, they won seven straight before that, but they are right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, let's jump over to the Metro. A little uh more close of a race here, even though Carolina does have a five point lead on the Devils. Devils at 79. The, the excuse me, the Hurricanes at 84 points uh, with a win last night, taking a more commanding lead there. Rangers behind them at 75. Islanders behind them at 65, and the Pens behind them at 63. Um, so very much more tight race there for different sections of the Metro Division. Who do we think is going to come out of that? What do we think is going to happen in these coming weeks? Um, yeah, obviously Carolina is pro- most likely going to win this division, even though it's still kind of a tight race. Um, they're clearly the best team, and I don't see the Devils catching up to them. If anything, I see the Rangers catching up to the Devils, hitting that two seed. But um, I don't know. You you Yinzers over there, you guys got some, something to be worried about. Them Those Panthers are getting hot. Islanders getting hot. Um, Washington's falling off, so you really they're kind of falling out of the out of this right now. But um, you guys got a lot to be worried about right now. You're on a little bit of a skid right now. What do you have to say? I think getting Jari back helps. Obviously, he didn't win his uh, first game back against the Islanders the other night. Uh, we I had the Penguins. I think we had a minus one on the card, but um, I think getting Jari back is a big addition. And obviously, uh, I think we who's our next game tomorrow? Edmonton's coming. Big game tomorrow night against McDavid on our home ice and. Uh, I think it starts tomorrow night. You get Jari tomorrow night. If he gets a win under his belt, I think Penguins can get under a nice little win streak. But it starts with the first one. You get a big one tomorrow night, I think. Obviously, the race we're in right now with the Islanders. And um, honestly, you guys are kind of, like you said, ahead more with the Devils and the, and the Hurricanes kind of sitting up above themselves. But I said this Islanders team, they just picked up two wins on us. Those were two of the biggest losses of the season for us because it totally flipped the standings. We had two points on them. Now we're down two points on them. But um, – like I said, tomorrow night's a big game for the Penguins. Huff, I mean, the tough thing is those teams are making splashes at the deadline. The Pens have yet to do anything. Do you think there's any room for Pittsburgh to make a move here? There's tons of room, but our GM's an idiot. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they didn't make any moves or aren't really in talks to make any moves. I just kind of, they're kind of playing and or sitting stagnant where they're at and. I don't know if they're seeing the same standings that I'm seeing, but I'm looking at the same situation you guys are, and we're kind of a bubble playoff team right now. And if I'm, you know, Lemieux or Hextall, any of these guys high up in the Penguins front office, and I'm saying, okay, this team's this core has won three cups and two in the past however many years, six years, and I mean, you gotta you gotta make an addition here, but it's not looking like we're gonna get anything. And if we do, it might be a kind of a minor move like the Penguins like to do. But uh, yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the thing you have to think about here is that even though obviously you want to make a run every year, the Penguins' uh, front office are like a lot of teams looking at their assets and looking at the future. I mean, maybe they think even a, a move at the deadline doesn't put them over the top. They are just what they are, a bubble team and nothing more. I mean, obviously anybody can get in and make a run at the cup, but maybe they're not looking at themselves as a cup contender and they really want to hold on to those uh, pieces for the future because you don't know what's going to come after uh, Latang, Malkin, and Crosby. 
Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. You look at the team that we're competing with in the Islanders, and they just went and got Horvat, who had I think three points against us in the last two games. And, um, the tough thing is, the tough thing is, why are you re-signing all of these veterans if you're not going to make moves at the deadline to make runs? You can't have it both ways. Point, it's got to yeah. be one way or the other. And so, the Penguins and, used to be that team to go out and get the big guy at the deadline. Remember, I mean, years ago we went out and got a Ginla at the deadline, and then. Uh, Neil the year before and it was like we always went and got that goal scorer at the deadline we're like oh shit is this the Penguins year is this the Penguins year I mean at least we always did because I mean I'm from here that's my team but like they go out they used to go out and get all these big guys and it seems like the past couple of years they haven't really done too much in the in the trade deadline or big really free agency market big name idea like like you said they resign all these veterans like we got Jeff Carter locked up for like two more years it's the last thing I want yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I think the the Washington Capitals are definitely a team to keep your eyes on too. I know that they've been falling a bit, but they are, they're getting healthy. And Tom Wilson's playing good hockey again now out of the break. I mean, definitely not a team to sleep on. I know Ovechkin's out right now, but when he's back and they have everybody, he's coming back on, today. He's on a plane back from Russia today. Tonight. I don't know if he's playing yeah. tonight. He was flying back. No, today. he's not playing tonight. They're not playing tonight either, are they? He's I no, they don't play. They said he'll be back at the end of the week, so maybe his yeah. next game. So, when, right, they, so when, they, when they get back, they'll be good. Yeah, they're on a five-game skid right now. They haven't won since he left. Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's let's go around the horn with who we think are our best wildcard team or two two wildcard teams to come out of the uh, Eastern Conference. Mackie, let's start off with you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean this race is so tight right now. You have at least five, six teams that can easily get in. Um, I'm gonna go with Florida as the first wild card. Um, I think I just think this team had a slow start. They have one of the most talented, they're one of the most talented roster rosters in the NHL, and I think they're gonna really find their stride here. Um, and I'm gonna go with the Red Wings as the second seed. Um, a little bias here. I do really like this team, and I've been riding them all year. But dude, this team is just incredible. They they're valued at plus money almost every single night against against contenders that they should not be plus money against. They were plus one thirty last night against a very injured Caps team. Uh, I cashed on that off off card, but um. I really like this team. I like this young team down the stretch. Huso's playing incredible, uh, playing incredible hockey in the, in the pipes, and uh, I I just really think this team could find that second wild card spot. Obviously, you're going to get dealt the Bruins in the first round and get a uh, cocked in, in eight days, but uh, it'll be nice to get that get that playoff experience in for those young young players. I think uh, Pittsburgh sits at that one first first spot out, and then uh, Islanders right after that, and then Cavs after that. Very interesting, Mackie. I, I like it. I could see it. Who's next? Ace, you want to go next? Yeah, I, I, I agree don't with you, like Mackie. It. Mackie, I agree with you on those Florida Panthers. Um, I really think they're going to get there. I don't think they're going to get the seven seed. I feel like they're going to end up with the eight, and they're going to draw the Bruins in the first round. That's a, one of the toughest matchups you can get if you're the Boston Bruins. I mean, I, Mackie, I agree with you. I'm right there. That's a great Florida Panthers team. They have a lot of talent. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year. I think they got beat in the first round. They won the um, President's Trophy last year. <laughs> yeah, they got beat in the they got beat in the first round, I believe. Though, right? Beat Caps first round. They got beat by uh, Tampa. They in the lost in the Battle round. of Florida. Battle yeah. of Florida. Yeah, yeah. Four nothing. But, um, yeah, I think they definitely get there, and they'll give whoever they play trouble at least a, a longer series. But um, other than that, I think the New York Islanders are going to get there. Just their brand of hockey. Um, too much inconsistency from the Caps and Penguins. Those teams led by Crosby and Ovechkin, you expect them to be there every year. But um, goaltending deficiencies, um, injury bugs, lack of depth, uh, I think it's going to catch up to them with an older team. 
I think the Isles are the ones that made the move to get to this spot, and they've they've made it year in and year out. Uh, past few years, maybe not last year, but they went pretty deep a few years ago against the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven. So they know what it takes. As long as that Barzil injury isn't too bad, I think that they can get there with Sorokin. Um, goaltending is such an important part of hockey, and their coaching staff too. I'm gonna go with the Isles and the Cats to get my bubble teams in the East. I do agree about. Uh, I think the Islanders are the. Let me get back to it. The wild card standings. I think the uh, the Islanders are going to take the wild card one seed, and uh, whoever they draw, they draw. And I think obviously I'm going to say the Penguins sneak in and get the Bruins. But Mackie, I do agree. I think if the Penguins' inconsistencies keep up with them, I do like the Red Wings to sneak in here. I think Florida. My thing with Florida is their inconsistencies on the road. With when and Bobrovsky, he's like a 500 goalie, sub 500 goalie. I don't really like them with him and Net. Obviously, take them a lot more with Spencer Knight in the in between the pipes. But I'm gonna go with the Islanders, Penguins, and then uh, slash the Red Wings for the eight seed. Yeah, um, the Panthers. That's that's their one inconsistency this year is uh, their goaltending. Spencer Knight's been hurt. Bobrovsky has zero confidence. Uh, he's just not the goalie he used to be. Um, so that could definitely end up hurting them down the line. I think Jar. I said it earlier. I think getting Jari back, that's going to be my determination of the Penguins. I might have a different take in a week, but we have a big game this week or tomorrow night, and then I think we get a big one this weekend. So uh, we'll see how we do. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Huff. Pens and Islanders seem to be uh, my way of thinking for the wild card in the East. But I'm real excited about that game tomorrow. Like you said, we're going. So good stuff there. I think it's time to jump into the Western Conference. What do you guys think? Alrighty, let's start off with the Central Division. The Dallas Stars leading that division. Not too impressive. They're sitting with 72 points. The Jets right behind them. It's 71, so a close race there for first. Behind them is the Avs and the Wild. Both sitting at 67 points to round out the top four there. Just going to say real quick, um, Rangers are sixth in the Eastern Conference in points, and they would be two points ahead of any team in the West. Hmm. That's wild. I feel like that's how it is every couple years here. You know, years ago, I think it was the West. There was a lot more points being thrown around and things like that. And then, you know, coming up now, it's the East. The East is taking its cake for sure. Um, Ace, why don't you get get us started here on the Central Division? Yeah. What's pretty crazy, uh, obviously love to see it from our perspective, considering our daily cards plus uh, double-digit units. Um, I think you see those teams a lot, those top three teams on our card a lot. The More so because of the goaltending on the top two, with Hellebuck for the Jets and Ottinger for the Stars. I mean, we're, we're big on the Dallas Stars, and we take the Jets a lot too, and they've been proving successful. I mean, those teams have been in the Western Conference. Those are two teams that have not gotten as far as they'd like to each year, but um, they go to seven-game series a lot and end up on the wrong side of it. And I think those goaltenders really are, we said it last week, three and five in the NHL, in our opinion, three and four, um, with Ottinger and Hellebuck. But that, that Dallas Stars team, obviously if they had Kaner, they're, they're one of the favorites. But their depth around, they have Ben, Foxa, Hintz, Heiskin, and Sagan, and the list goes on and on. I mean, there's so many good players out in Dallas, and uh, that's why we take them every night, and it's showing successful. And it's a weak division at the bottom, so they're easy to feast on. But the Avalanche starting to come alive a little bit too. Saw Nathan McKinnon had that highlight goal against the Oilers and McDavid where he cooked them the other day. So it would be nice if they can turn it up and become a force to be reckoned with um, in the Central. But yeah, those those three teams are top of the standings. I'm not too keen on the Wild. I know Huff, you are, if you want to touch on them a bit. 
I I didn't know the West. I haven't looked at the Western Conference standings much. Obviously, we're all Eastern Conference teams, but looking at the standings in the West, I didn't know that it was. Uh, I obviously knew it was a little bit more broken up than the East is. Obviously, with how uh, tight the races have been throughout the Eastern Conference all year, but um, I've been high on this Wild team for the past couple of weeks. They've been really good for me the past week or so, winning a lot of games at home. Uh, Gustafson has stepped in with Flurry's injury and really making a case for himself to be the starter if they can make the playoffs. And I think they do as one of these wild card teams, just to allude to one of my wild card picks in the West. Uh, and I'll just say, I think if, if the Oilers don't slide up in the Pacific, I like the Kraken. So honestly, the teams that are in it right now, I think not much changes in the West. Um, I think the Oilers and Kraken might shift, but other than that, I think the, the Oilers, Kraken and Wild are all locked for the playoffs from my perspective. I'm not too big on this Flames team. Uh, and I think Nashville is just a little bit too out of it. Necessarily don't really love what they're cooking other than UC Soros. But um, I like the Wild, what they're doing. They have a lot of guys, but I've, I'm hearing there's there's a chance that they're kind of going to unload at the deadline, which I think is interesting because they have guys like Greenway and, and Hartman. And I mean, not obviously they're not going to get rid of Kaprizov, but they just have a really nice core in Minnesota and they're a lot of the times even to close to even money and you can get them in a lot of really good chances on their home ice. But I like what they're doing and I'm going to keep looking at them. But uh, like I said, I like their chances to make the playoffs, whether they go far in the playoffs, if they get Dallas, I think it's going to be a tough chance for them. Great stuff there out of the Central Division, boys. Let's move forward to the Pacific Division. Leading that one is the Vegas Golden Knights with just a two-point lead at 73 points over the Kings. Kings sitting at 71 there. The Kraken and Edmonton sitting at 70 there. Uh, 70 there apiece to round out the top four. What do we think is going to happen here? The Pacific Division in the Western Conference in the NHL. Ace, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm with Huff. I like the Western Conference. I like the Pacific Division out of the Western Conference here this year. Um, I'm really big on those expansion teams. I know they have that Winter Classic next year. I think they're going to have deep runs in the playoffs this year, though. Um, the Seattle Kraken coming to life, led by their Rookie of the Year candidate, Matty Beniers. And they have a good supporting cast alongside of them. A lot of names under the radar. They picked up Eli Tolvanen off waivers from the Predators. He's rejuvenated his young career. Um, they have Yanni Gord. They have a bunch of names on the back end. They did a good job putting this team together, and uh, it's really coming coming to life. Um, that we, we see them on the card again a lot every night. Another team, uh, like Mackie said, that's kind of a underappreciated by the books they get some good value every night especially on the road and they get the job done pretty consistently um i know the the knights burnt us last night but they're always in the mix at year in and year out and they're right there again leading their division so um can't sleep on them i think they go deep as they always have been especially with jack Eichel and all the other names they have there petrangelo um but still you, you got to worry about those oilers if mcdavid can get in the playoffs i mean you don't want to see them that's a scary team whenever he's on the ice so that'll be one of my wild card bubble teams for the West. But just some touch on the Western Conference Pacific Division here. Yeah, surprising to see the Kings, but uh, I like the Knights per usual and uh, the Oilers out of there. But the Kraken, good team. I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs, but they're going to get there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, this West is just, I think they already have their eight teams, like Huff alluded to earlier. Um these players, I don't really see the Flames getting in. I don't really see uh, who's that other team on the edge? Predators. Nashville, St. Louis, Vancouver. If, if those other teams. I think the only two teams that are prob that have a possibility are the Flames and the Preds. But um, I don't know. There's a lot going on up in Calgary this year with uh, Huberdeau 
not really doing much. Um, he's not happy with that team. I don't really see them pulling themselves out of the gutter to to uh to leap this wild team. But um, I do like these eight teams in the playoffs, and uh, I think the Oilers get Oilers will get that third uh, spot in the Pacific, and I think the Kraken will drop down. Not much else to say about that. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting race. I'm guessing Huff's got the Wild and the Oilers as his bubble teams. But for me, I'm probably going to go with the Oilers and my second team out there. Oh, it's such a tough spot to say. No, I said exactly what Mackie said. I said I think I think the Oilers move up and the bubble teams are the, technically the Kraken and the Wild. Yeah, yeah I, I like that, that, I think. I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I, I think the Avs get that one seed in the Central as well. Interesting. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry, like you guys said, but it's just a matter of how these teams get in. Yeah. yeah you'll see more shakeups one through eight than you will eight, nine, ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Colorado, I mean, they, they got to move up. Edmonton should move up too. Yeah. It's pretty set there, though. I mean, Eastern Conference is a lot more going on, but who's going to come out of the West is the bigger question. It's a kind of a. Pick your poison there, but I think these trade deadline moves are really going to impact the Western Conference more than we think. I agree. Alrighty, boys. I think that's just going to about do it for this episode. Episode 26 in the books here for Hit the Books. That's all I got. You guys got anything to add? Not much. Just uh, keep keep following daily cards. We're ripping them. Uh, we're winning, too. So uh, if you're not following them, you're definitely missing out. And uh that's all I really got to say. Tap in and hit the books with the boys. I mean, we're gonna get you gonna get you to that bread. So you like double digit units, you like green check marks, come on down to the Hit the Books podcast. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um it's gonna do it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. And that's gonna do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please, like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.